A few weeks ago when Ben introduced the, the series, he talked about the fact that humans are always being formed, humans are always being shaped into one likeness or the other. And I really believe that what we spend our time thinking about, uh, we become like. Beholding is becoming. And so I, I believe the spiritual disciplines, I believe the Sabbath is ultimately about beholding God so that we become like God. How, how do we stay hungry for the right things, in other words? How do I cultivate a heart to love what God loves and hate what God hates? And I really believe that's what Sabbath rest is about, is learning to cultivate time to consider our ways, uh, time to seek God, uh, time to be quiet enough that we can hear God so that we develop a heart for God. And I'm convinced the more I see God, the more I become like him. If you guys uh, would, I'm going to read a couple uh, pieces of scripture, and we might bounce all around scripture today, but for the start of this, if you guys are able, would you stand? And I'm going to read to you uh, Genesis 2, uh, kind of throughout one, verses 1 through 3. This is a creation story. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And in verse 3, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And then Exodus 28 through 11 gives us a command. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And, it, and on it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, your sojourners within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. You can be seated. So I really think in, in Scripture we have a couple ideas that are portrayed in Sabbath rest. And so one of them certainly is a day on the calendar. Uh, you know, this is depicted and tradition is depicted as one day a week uh, where six days you, you do your other things and on the seventh day you do something different, you rest. But I really think it's also a, a Sabbath of the heart. And so Hebrews 4 talks about this idea where one idea is a Sabbath attitude, a Sabbath heart. And so this idea would be one that we, we cease striving to earn our stripes with God. We cease striving to appease God, and we learn to enter in to rest. And that rest comes when we learn to put our full weight and dependence and lives on the finished work of Jesus Christ, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we will kind of be seeing how both of these ideas hold hands that what's it look like to cultivate a Sabbath heart as we entertain or work in a Sabbath day? So this is what Hebrews 4 says. Those who have believed enter into his rest. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work just as God did from his. Therefore, make every effort to enter into that rest. And so with me throughout this morning, I, my prayer is that we could understand trying to keep a Sabbath day or establishing the practice of Sabbath in our life 
ultimately the end goal of that is to learn to see God and so that we can more fully enter into a Sabbath heart. So really, I hope you understand that this is a, a heart orientation and an attitude as well as uh, perhaps a time on your calendar. As God uh, authors in Scripture, they talk about God resting and then us resting. And many times we see that theme in the Bible where Jesus did this, therefore do that. And, and I really think uh, a lot of that and much of this I get from a guy named Mark Buchanan who wrote this book called The Rest of God. Uh, fantastic book. He's taught me a lot. He's challenged me a lot. And what he says is Sabbath keeping could be described as mimicking God so that we remember that we are not God. So when I take the time to quiet my heart and to quiet my not mind and to get away from all of those things that I get caught up in, I'm called to imitate God so that I remember that I am not God. And that's a healthy, healthy place to be. Sabbath is learning to rest in the largeness of God, the care of God, and the power of God. So really, ultimately, Sabbath is about trust, about dependence, about placing your faith in the power, work, and care of God. Ben mentioned earlier, this, could, this can be done in giving. Sometimes you give in order to declare that you trust God for provision. But many times we have a hard time with this, don't we? Because how is the right thing going to happen at the right time if I'm not the one pushing and pulling, and moving, and worrying, and doing. And so many of us have a problem stopping, ceasing, resting, because we have a God complex. That we think we're way too big, and we're way too important, and if we're not doing all these things, there's no possible way that it can get done. And God's saying, trust me. Now again, the other side of the ditch, the Bible is huge about uh, putting your hands to work, that we love God not just in, in words but in deeds. So there is a, there's, there's two ditches here, but today we're talking about, and, and maybe the, the message I think that we need to hear often in our culture is learning that there is a time and a place to say, I don't have to do this, I don't have to accomplish this obligation because I trust that God has it. Psalms 127, verses 1 and 2 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless God watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. So many times this, this idea of anxious toil can come from like a work that you have before you, right? And there is. There's projects to do. There's homework to get done. Uh, there's people to call and to follow up with. There's, there's houses to plan. There's all kinds of work that we have to get done. But I want to talk a moment about the other side of this, this heart rest, this rest in the work of Christ. So yes, God provides what we need for the things, the good works prepared before us. But how many times... Does our anxiousness, our mind, and our thoughts are filled with other people's grids? I know when I'm 
in a hurry, I get a lot shorter with the people around me, with my family, with my kids. When they start laughing instead of loving and delighting in the joy that they laugh, I say, quiet down. We gotta get ready to go. How many times do you tell someone or your kids or other people to quiet down? Maybe not because of time, because you're worried what people are gonna think of your parenting. And maybe this person doesn't think this is a time and a place to be loud, so be quiet. And so you see how this anxiousness and this hurry and this non-rest can come because in many ways, we're still trying to milk affection and milk purpose and milk this idea that we matter from other people from our own efforts. And I think Sabbath is a way that we can practice saying, wait a minute, my righteousness has been established by God through the person of Jesus Christ. And I really think we cultivate ears to hear that message when we're still, when we're quiet. Because I don't hear very well when I'm going really, really fast. So a Sabbath heart is learning to rest on the finished work of Christ. Many of you guys will remember when I had a walker about five years ago. And when I would have to get up, I would put my full weight on that thing to stand up. And God gave me this picture of putting your full weight on something other than yourself, namely the person of Jesus Christ, to be upright. That's what Sabbath is about. That's what cultivating rest is about, is learning to put all of your trust, all of your reliance, all of your very life in the work of Jesus Christ. When Mark Buchanan was asked what his biggest regret was, he stopped, thought for a while, and he says, being in a hurry. How many times when someone asks you, hey, how you doing? Or you ask them and you, and you hear, oh, busy. That's like the American greeting, right? Some of us use it as a badge of honor because we want to feel important, so I'm busy, I do a lot, people need me. And other times it's just the reality of our life where we keep a, a full schedule. There's many times I feel like every woodpecker's favorite tree. I find myself having so much to say that I'm gonna hurry through a sermon on rest. <laughs> All of life piles endlessly upon itself, doesn't it? Where it's one thing after another, where almost this whole experience of being in, alive can turn into one giant obligation. And I do not think that's God's intent. I don't think that's the design. The Chinese have uh, two characters that they join together forming a pictograph for busyness. The first character is heart, and the second one is killing. Busyness can kill your heart. Anxious striving puts your heart on the altar. And pretty soon, you stop caring about the things that you care about. The values that you have and the people that you have and if you stop and recognize what you want your life to look like, when you're so busy trying to accomplish that, many, many times in my life, I forget what it's all about. Why am I busy? What am I trying to build? What am I trying to create? And so I believe the, the practice of Sabbath keeps our hearts healthy it keeps my eyes on what it's supposed to be on. Oh yeah, this is why I'm doing that. 
I'm preaching to enter into rest. I don't need to rush through it. Why do we fight physical sickness with everything that we have? Right? And physical sickness is terrible. And think of all the things we do to keep our kids healthy, or if our parents are sick, I mean, we will break the bank, we will stop everything to battle physical sickness. Look at our world right now. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we adjust chairs and all kinds of stuff to battle physical sickness. But yet, how many times do we simply resign to soul sickness? It just is what it is, so we keep plodding through life even though we know it's destroying us, we know it's killing our hearts. 21 days of being intentional is designed to go rogue against that, to combat the drift, to combat what the world will pull us into. That many of these are good things, but too much of a good thing can kill you. And so I believe Sabbath rest is learning to take care of our soul. How many times when I have an agenda... And when I'm too worried about accomplishing my agenda for who knows why, that in those moments with, when, my, when my, my wife starts to weep or when your spouse gets angry, you don't have time for this. So instead of entering into trying to understand where the anger comes from, understand where the tears come from, I got an agenda, I got something else I'm trying to accomplish, and so we push that aside, we brush that aside. Where many times those inconveniences are supposed to be our ministry for the day. Sabbath, of course, in our culture, it's going to be inconvenient. Of course it is. I think that's part of the point, is to learn to die to something or to deny something in order to cultivate something else. Something tells me Jesus becoming a man was a little bit inconvenient. Something tells me that God dying on a cross was a little bit inconvenient. What would a Sabbath day look like? All kinds of ideas. Ultimately, I think whatever you can do with a clear conscience, you can probably do to the glory of God. Mark Buchanan talks about getting rid of the have-tos and enjoying or embracing the get-tos. And so this can look very different in people's lives. Those things that you ought to do, perhaps Sabbath looks like not doing those and embracing the things that give you life. Sometimes, for some of you, that means you're sitting there quiet by a stream reading a book. Some of you, that means going on an intense, grueling physical bike ride. Sometimes that means not returning any calls. Other times that means calling someone and inviting over them over for a meal. Where those things that you typically find yourself doing the responsibilities that you have that are very good, oftentimes, I think a Sabbath could mean for a day, for a season, for a time, you lay that aside because you ought to, you should, the necessities, and you embrace the things that give you life, that cultivate a heart of thankfulness, that turn your eyes towards God. In a lot of ways, I think Sabbath day is learning to pay attention. It's setting something aside that we learn to simply pay attention to what God is doing. 
There's so many times I think, what time is it? Because I have something else going. And I think Sabbath day is a day that I can say, what's God want to do with this time? When Scripture talks about God making it holy, there's, a, there's an implied idea of setting it apart or sanctifying it. And the word uh, set apart comes from a root word that means to betroth, so to pledge in marriage. You pledge to commit yourself and all of yourself to this time, and you honor that commitment. So being intentional about something, about rest, about Sabbath, about ceasing, could be seen as, I'm going to take moments of my day, or I'm going to take a day of the week, or I'm going to take a day of the month, or I'm going to take a week of the year, and I'm going to set it apart and commit myself to what it is I'm trying to accomplish. And in a weird way, it's grit your teeth and do nothing. It's get rid of the necessities and embrace the get-tos. I just watched uh, my daughter, Natalie. She's a dancer, and so she had a recital yesterday. And up on stage, it was so fun to watch her dance, and she seemed free, and uh, she knew what she was doing. And that comes from practice, right? These guys play music up here effortlessly, and it's phenomenal. But Natalie would practice with a group. Natalie would practice with a teacher. Natalie would practice at home by herself every night alone before the performance so that when the day comes, she knows what she's doing. I think Sabbath, I think spiritual disciplines often are about practice. They're about learning and training our eyes to be thankful, to rely on God, to declare to God with action, with heart, to cultivate that over and over and over and over so the pattern of your life begins to look similar. And you now can carry that peace and that rest to a Monday morning when you have 20 phone calls to return. Where many times what we cultivate in the stillness can carry us in the hecticness. And now the hecticness doesn't have to be stressful. It simply means I have a busy calendar today, but I am still have Sabbath heart. One of the great illustrations in the Bible of this is David and Goliath. Many of you remember the story where Goliath, the giant, and the Philistines are there threatening the people of Israel, taunting God, and everyone's scared to death except this young man named David who comes and says, what's going on? Oh, I'll fight him. Uh, and then he declares as he yells across the valley of Elah, uh, you're going to be like the lion and the bear today. God's going to deliver you to my hands. I'm going to strike you down and feed your corpse to the birds. How does someone have that kind of confidence in that scenario? <laughs> I'll tell you how. I believe Goliath was not intimidating or threatening to David because David experienced the living God in the everyday. He spent time, quiet, Sabbath, fields, shepherding, communing, cultivating his walk with God. And so because of that, over and over and over and over, when his big day came, when threat came, it was not a big day in some ways. God to David in the Valley of Elah is who God was every day of David's life. Isaiah 30, 15 and 16 says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses, therefore you will flee. See, many times in, in moments of threat, when we feel burdened, our tendency and our thought process, I just gotta get away from this. 
I got to get out of here. I got to rely on my own resources. But in the book of Isaiah, it says repentance and rest. Quietness is your strength. There's many times when I, my, my Goliath in my life, when I woke up paralyzed, woke up overnight disabled six years ago, and people say, how'd you endure that? How'd you do that? To be real honest with you, I didn't do anything. I didn't have to cultivate much of anything because God continued to pursue me. He's been my God for over 30 years at that point. And so he had showed me who he was. I looked at his face. I accepted what he'd done in my life. And so even though anger came and depression came and fear came, despair was always around the corner, God never changed. God was always who he has always been. And so in the moments of trial or in the moments of threat or in the moments of Goliath or in the moments of joy when cultivating a sabbath heart by cultivating sabbath days and sabbath moments in your life you start to realize god's the same and then the dance recital you don't have to think the trial is hard the emotions are hard but god and who he is and rest still enters into the depths of your soul sabbath is learning to behold God. One pattern that, that my family tries to adopt is work hard, play hard, and rest well. And my challenge to you is see if you can't work all of those things in each day. Work hard, play hard, and rest well. And there's some days that some are going to rise to the top or take over. But I think as you cultivate those things, you can begin to cultivate that in your life. And so, again, as we... You ask God what your Sabbath practices should look like. Ask him, what are things that I need to intentionally put into my life to stop, to rest, to cease, to worship, to read, to pray, to be quiet, so that it can start to trickle into other areas of my life. I'll tell you something that God really impacted for me as I was preparing this because one of the biggest things that prevents me from doing this well is I hold on to time too tightly. I believe that we're called to be good stewards of our life and certainly the Bible says the days are short so make the most of them and so time matters, everything matters and so I hold on to that with both hands so don't waste my time, I don't want to waste my time like all this has to count. If I'm going to play hard, I'm going to play hard intentionally. If I'm going to rest well, let me do it well because time's, time's going, okay? And so it really can keep me from entering into rest. Refa means just stop. And as God uses all kinds of things or other people, when I start to realize, and I hope he keeps cultivating us, that time is a gift, that I have an abundance of time because I'm an eternal being, and when I don't hold on to it so tightly, it helps me go on, not everything has to be finished. Not everything has to be accomplished. Honestly, the reality is the, the to-do list is never done, is it? You accomplish one thing and three others pop up. That's life. Like, if I understand and recognize a sermon's never perfect, a swing is never perfect, the to-do list, your house is never fully complete, Relationships and marriage forever take work. Pursue God every day of your life and you're never going to get to the end of them. The realization that nothing ultimate is stored down here, 
nothing ultimate is stored down here. Helps me to just kind of Ecclesiastes. So go about your business, do it with all your heart, but understand it's never going to be ultimate and finished. That's okay. So can I learn to embrace, to work hard and do all things wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, but to just accept that it's not finished? And as I kept understanding, nothing's ever finished, nothing's ever finished, nothing's ever finished, nothing's ever finished, I heard one thing. This is my favorite part of the sermon. I heard Jesus' voice on the cross saying, it is finished. And here's what he's talking about. The work projects that we engage in over and over and the relationships that we strive for, yeah, that's never finished because ultimate is not here. But the work of Jesus Christ the redemption of your heart, the cleansing of your soul. He said, there's one thing that's ultimate. There's one thing that's finished. And that's what I've done in your life. You rest in that. Stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to milk it from other people. If I bomb this sermon and embarrass myself and all of you are left shaking your head, guess what? My eternal worth and purpose is anchored in the work of Jesus Christ. I can rest in that. You might have to go look for other pastors, but I can rest in that. (laughs) Understand that cultivating a Sabbath day, Sabbath practice, Sabbath moments, whatever that looks like for you, in that I truly believe God will give you rest of heart. I truly believe that you will find peace and become more like the living God because you will see him everywhere. You will observe, you will pay attention, you will celebrate, cultivate a heart of worship and thankfulness. That's what Sabbath is about. Pray with me. Father God, you've been so good to me, you've been so good to us. And so many times I forget that when I'm focused on a task or too focused on a person, focused on myself, or simply just a thousand things that all grab my focus. And so I pray, whether it be early morning, middle of the night, over the noon hour, even in a crowded room of people, I pray that you would pull me away, that you would pull us away and allow us to just be still to look up, to see you. Give us Sabbath hearts, God. And give us creativity. And really, Holy Spirit, would you please give us clarity of what Sabbath is supposed to look like because it can so quickly turn into a a law that pulls us from resting in you. It can so quickly turn into look like uh, what our friend's Sabbath looks like. And I'm not entirely sure what it is to look like. And so I do pray for your, your leading of your people into Sabbath rest so that ultimately we look forward, we taste it now, but ultimately we look forward into that true final rest where you restore the globe. We love you and we praise you for your finished work in our life that we might enter in to the rest of God. Amen.